Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show. We've got a really interesting episode for you today. We are going to talk about having better conversations and I I'm feel... already giggling. <laughs> I feel like... This is just going to be one long confessional for Beck and I about <laughs> how bad we are at having conversations. Um, I was thinking about this and I want you guys to think about it too. Who can remember the last really good conversation they had? Because quite often when you go out and you can see a whole bunch of people sitting around together, there's usually always one, if not a couple, that are on their phones. Um, and I feel like quality or deep conversations becoming a bit of a lost art so I thought we'd have a bit of a chat about how we can get our conversation mojo back what do you reckon Beck? yep and you can you can show me just how bad a conversationalist I am <laughs> like this is such like when I read read these notes that you wrote I was like oh my god I am an awful conversationalist and it really reminded me of of how I need to change (laughs) well I think the first point about this is realizing the importance of actually talking to people because so much that we send these days is via email and text and so you gotta ask yourself would this thing that I'm about to say be better said instead of typed because so often when you type something out there's no tone um there can be lack of clarity it can kind of be used I think quite often as a bit of a cop-out I've done it myself if you (laughs) decide you don't want to go to that party it's much easier to go text someone and say oh sorry I've got a headache I'm going to bed rather than calling them and people know that people know that that's just your way of copping out um so I think the first place to start with conversations is to actually talk rather than trying to have a any kind of meaningful conversation via text I think that's why zoom zoom like works quite well too because you know seeing each other if it's an electronic but seeing each other really helps the conversation quality wise yeah definitely right so um here are a few golden rules now I'm going to say they're golden rules they're clearly not golden rules that I apply but <laughs> my theory is by talking about it, we'll become more mindful of it. And then hopefully it will start to infiltrate our conversations. And I need this as much as anyone. And it's so funny because you and I are so similar in this <laughs> that I actually find that when we talk, I don't feel bad because you're just as bad as I <laughs> And like you, we haven't got to these parts of the of the the episode yet so you probably don't understand why we're laughing so much but it'll be evident very soon especially if you know me well mm-hmm. or Tara or you've listened to any of our previous podcasts <laughs> <laughs> so the first one which neither of us succeed very well at is keeping it brief <laughs> thank goodness for editing uh so when you're having a conversation and look I should probably preface this by I saw a wonderful talk on Ted and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And it was about the art of conversation. And that I saw that and it got me thinking. And then I really noticed some of the things that I was um, doing when I was having conversations with people. And so then I started writing down some of the, the points that people had said or when I talked to other people about conversations that had kept coming up. 
and that's kind of where this list has come from. So it's definitely not something that I knew, um, but it all makes a lot of sense. So the first one was keeping it brief, which Beck and I are not good at, um, and trying to stay on track. So when I thought about this, it kind of made me Google because I'm the worst pervader of this. Uh, no one actually cares what you were wearing, <laughs> what day of the week it was, the name of the person you were with, how they were related to your yoga teacher, for example. Like, And I do this all the time. I fill in all the details. It's like I, if I'm painting you a picture of this scenario, I need you to know, was it Wednesday or was it Tuesday? <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure it was then Wednesday. Oh, hang on, no, because then I took someone to, so to soccer <laughs> practice, so it must have been Tuesday. And it's like when you hear someone say that, you go, I don't care what day it is. What's the point of your story? <laughs> but when I am talking to someone, I feel like I need to paint the entire picture. And so there I was sitting at the cafe. Oh, was I having a cappuccino or a latte? Like, <laughs> who cares? But it's like, if you need, to, you need to understand the context to understand the story. And oh. Oh, I'm just the worst at that. Yeah, I, I think I do that. And there's a standing joke actually in our family. So <laughs> if... Mike, Michael's mum is, uh, she tells stories and she takes them very seriously when she's telling them, which of course just sets us all off. But I've got a, actually got a video of her telling a story and I got the giggles because I was looking at my sister-in-law who was making like, please don't laugh faces to herself. And so then I got the giggles and Mick steps in like we're all we're laughing out loud by this time and then Mick steps in and he says what was Papa wearing to Granny and of course we all roared with laughter then and Granny's like I think you're all very rude but it stems from like another time where she was telling a really long story and and somehow what someone asked what was Papa wearing and it just set everyone off and so now we often just throw in like what was Papa wearing and it just sets everybody off because it was those she goes to that like that detail that really fine detail and we're all sitting there going oh my god when's this story going to end (laughs) and she tells really lovely stories actually like she's very eloquent and and tells it all really well but the detail and it's just become a running joke now so the poor thing no matter whenever she tries to start a story even if she does keep it short we're all laughing at her by the end of it anyway so yeah it's it's a bit of a standing joke oh bless her and I was just about to break the second rule because <laughs> I was about to compare a story of mine to the story of yours which okay, is about I'll give you my... permission because I want to okay. hear about now. <laughs> So my Nana, bless her, she passed away early this year. She was a great storyteller as well. But one of her legacies, I think, was trying to connect the dots of people, of how people knew people. And oh, so, my mum does that. So <laughs> it's like I would talk to her on the phone and she'd be like, oh, yes, no, I had a cup of tea with Joyce the other day. Now, you remember Joyce. She used to – now, <laughs> she used to be married to the dentist that you used to see in primary school, and I'd be like, oh, I don't remember that. Well, that dentist, he was the son of your mum's bus driver, and, like, she would t- – <laughs> and I'd be like, what's the point? What were you talking to Joyce about at coffee the other day? Like, because that's where the story was going, and yeah. she wanted to tell me a piece of news that Joyce pa- passed on, but she's got to give me context of who Joyce is, mm. and then – 20 minutes later, when I understand the family tree of Joyce, <laughs> then it's like, what was the point? What were we even You're talking about? about? Yeah, Joyce and got her the wrong order when they had coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and bless her, Nana was very good at connecting the dots. And the worst part was I feel always used to feel for my sister-in-law because she wasn't even from 
uh, South Australia, but when she would call my nana, my nana would pass on all the details. Oh, well, so Tara went to school with blah, blah, blah. And then, da, 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 and my poor sister in law, she's like, I've never even lived in this state. I don't understand any of these people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that whole idea of keeping it brief. And I think most of us can relate to being on the receiving end. But when we have uh, the airtime and we're telling our story, we're quite happy to embellish on every little detail. So rule one, keep it brief. Rule two, which I just broke, (laughs) is comparing your situation to theirs. That is something you should not do. So uh, I do this so often. Oh, so do I. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is... I guess you have to try and remember that if someone is telling you a story, the moment is about them. It's their story. It's not about you. And Mm -hmm. that your situation is actually not the same, even when it is the same, because Mm -hmm. someone's telling you their story from their experience. So you kind of have to honor that and go, instead of me jumping in with my story that's the same, I'm just going to let them have the airtime to tell their story. I find this really hard because... For me, it seems like a way to connect. Like, oh, you had a nana that did that. I had a nana too. We have a shared experience. But what I'm really doing when I'm doing that is just cutting you off from your story more and you telling more about it. Like if I was good at conversation, I would say, oh, Beck, that's really interesting. So who else in the family has this joke? Like explore your story Mm -hmm. more rather than going, right, your time's over. I'm going to tell you about my nana now. put the spotlight back on me but we do it and it's really hard because I would think that we all understand that a way to converse is to everyone bring parts to the table so the natural kind of rhythm would be someone tells you a story you relate so you tell your part of the story Mm. but what kind of happens is we shut down whoever was talking first and And take and take over and put the spotlight back on us rather than going deeper into their story and then you can take it to the next level where you have people that one up each other. So it's not just like, oh, your Nana told stories. So do my Nana. It's like, well, you think that was bad. You should hear my Nana tell stories. And then you go, well, you think that's bad. You should hear da, da, da. And you know, that whole thing of like, that's nothing. Wait till you hear my story. I did it bigger, better, you know, with bells on. I think that, yeah. And, and like you said, it is a way of connecting. And I, I saw a great tweet once that said, you know, the person, if there is a person who is, you know, always interrupting your story with their own perspective on your story or with their own story that's similar to that. Uh, Don't assume they're doing it for selfish reasons because often they are just highly empathetic. And what they're doing is they're trying to show that they understand what you've said by relating your own similar story and showing it's almost like um, mirroring, you know, when you mirror language Mm -hmm. to show understanding. It's a similar unconscious way of mirroring language. And I thought that was really interesting and I sort of used that as a bit of an excuse. <laughs> but I know I know that I do. I do the one-upping and the interrupting and I, I think it is because for me it is a connection thing. But also I've probably just got this, you know, um, selfishness about me as well that it causes me to do that. And it's something that I really need to work on because it, it is – it's not – it's not pretty. Well, that's the hard part because quite often we'll do it as a way of showing empathy. Like, oh, your dog died. Mm. That's terrible. Oh, my dog died too. And I remember when my dog mm. died, this is what we did. Da, 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 da. And although you're trying to show empathy or 
comprehension of what they're going through, it kind of has the opposite effect. It kind of invalidates whatever they're feeling because it's like, oh, you're sad? Oh, well, I've been sad too. So actually what you're feeling right now, you're not alone there. That's not that important. Someone else has done it. And I'm pretty sure that my dog died on my birthday. So it was even worse than your current experience. I mean, (laughs) like not to that extent people are that mean. But you know what I mean? That's kind of, we kind of just invalidate people's experience Mm. when we do that um and it all almost feels when you're on the receiving end of it like their experience is more important than yours or Mm. was better than yours and can kind of diminish what what you were trying to say yeah yeah so all right um another so moving away from the things that i'm most worst at um let's go to the multitasking when a conversation is happening. So again, we'll all be guilty of this at some point. And I know my mother's listening to this and she's saying, um, I can tell when you're typing on your computer and you're talking to me <laughs> and I can tell when you're not listening to me and all that kind of stuff. And I still remember my brother was, you know, used to be really bad at this. You know, mum would be talking to him on the phone and she'd be like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, something happening across the road, you know, and he's not even listening to what she's saying. He's just, you know, rubbernecking um the neighbors and uh so yes if you are doing something at the same time as you're having a conversation with a person that can actually invalidate what they're saying as well can't it? yeah and i think i do this at least five nights a week when my husband gets home from work and he i'm always in the kitchen cooking dinner and it's usually that feral time of night where the kids are like finishing off homework or going to have a shower or something and He'll walk in, I'll be like, how was your day? And then I'll turn around and keep cooking dinner <laughs> and a child will walk through and go, can you take my hair out? And da, 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 and like 20 conversations. And he's like, sometimes he'll go, I'll talk to you about it later. <laughs> like <laughs> when I actually have some of your attention. Or sometimes he'll tell me something and then he'll be like, did you hear any of that? And occasionally <laughs> I will say, he'll like tell me, go and put his bag away, come back out. And I'll be like, how was your day? And he's like, yeah, I've already told you that. I'm like yep not paying attention like and there's I genuinely want to know about his day it's just not the time because Mm. I'm clearly you've asked at the wrong occupied with something else and you know you get lots of people doing this with their phones and that drives me batty when people like oh so how was that thing and then they look down at their phone and you're like did you really want to know I still remember the first time that happened to me because it was a long time ago and I didn't have social media on my phone and so I wasn't picking up my phone very often and there was was someone at my house and we were having a coffee or something and I was in the middle of talking and she just picked up her phone and looked down at it and started scrolling through Twitter and I was like I'm I'm talking and I try I, I really really hot on trying not to do that and if anyone ever catches me just call me out on it but I try really hard not to ever pick up my phone while someone's talking to me unless I say to them excuse me a second I've just remembered something I have to put in my calendar hold that thought I'll do this and then I'll you know um, because if I forget oh that's it I'm in trouble but for the most part I try and resist picking up my phone my problem is more when I'm already on my phone and someone starts to talk to me Mm -hmm. I find it difficult to tune in to them yep and so that one, I, I'm definitely guilty of that. And I still remember Zoe when she was younger saying to me one time, she said, Mum, Mum, I want you to look at me because what I'm saying is important and I want you to hear me. So I want you to look up at my face. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, how like that was a wake up call, that one. I tell you what. Well, but I so. think and part of it is also on the part of the person 
initiating the conversation. If somebody is in the middle of doing something, it's like I used to always, when I worked in an open plan work environment, I used to put a sign up that said, please knock. And people would be like, you don't have a door. I'm like, I don't care what you knock on. Knock on my chair, knock on something. Yeah. Because people would walk up behind you and start talking. You're like, I'm in the middle of typing something or I'm deep in thought. And yeah, you have to zone in. Yeah, yeah. and it would, but it's also like I, the amount of things I tried to tell Ryan, I don't know when Sports Tonight stopped being on TV, but there used to be yeah. that half hour show, Sports Tonight, and he used to watch that. And It'd be like anything said between 5.30 and 6 when Sports Tonight was on, you can assume he didn't hear because it was like he is so in the zone. And But mm. I kind of figured that out. And I was like, well, if I've got anything important to say, unless the house is burning down, I won't interrupt him during Sports Tonight because I know he's in that zone. <laughs> yeah. So I won't go and ask yeah. him, you know, what we should do on the weekend at that time. So I guess mm. there's a bit of responsibility on, on both people. But if you're having a conversation, if you can't be fully into it, then maybe try and take yourself fully out of it. And I will do that, especially with my kids. If I'm in the middle of doing something, I'll be like, look, I can't concentrate what you're saying right now. I'm going to, I'll come to you in five minutes when I'm done with this, because I'm not going to have half a conversation. And I'm not great at jumping from place to place, like stirring dinner and listening with one ear and doing multitasking like that. So Mm. Well, multitasking is not effective for any of us and some some cope with it better than others and so they think they're good at it but actually none of us are good at multitasking. So, yeah, we should try not to do it. So, and yeah, phones. So if you're having a conversation with someone face-to-face, stick your phone out of sight so you can't see notifications or put it on the table and turn it over so you're not going to get distracted as well. Um, I think I feel like it was one of the minimalists, not Ryan, which is the, what's the other one's name? Josh, I feel like he had a rule about phones and conversations when you're at a table with other people and that he said you should treat your phone like having a cigarette that if you get a message that you feel like you need to respond to or you want to take the call that you should excuse yourself from the table and from the immediate Mm. zone, like walk outside and do it. That if you think about your phone being like having a cigarette, you wouldn't just light up at the table with other people. Mm. You would excuse yourself. And that's, he said, how he keeps himself in check. I quite liked that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, we have a rule about no phones at the table anyway. So it doesn't happen a lot. but, But yeah, that's, I really like that phrase that you said of be all in or be all out. Like don't try and be just half in the conversation Mm. and we'll be back to that discussion in just a moment if you really appreciate this podcast and get a lot from it we would love it if you would consider becoming a patreon supporter this will help us keep the podcast content coming to you by covering some of our costs and importantly keep it ad free you can find the become a patreon button on our website at www.beuncluttered.com.au. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. Right, now, back to the discussion. So one thing that I think is a really good idea to think about, and I've been trying to apply this, is being curious about what you might learn or understand from someone else talking. So... Avoiding what Beck and I were doing before about trying to try relate to each other with our own stories. Put your opinion aside and just let someone explain. 
Um, and also then, you know, quite often, and I, I'm very guilty of this, we'll say, oh, you must have felt this or that must have felt amazing or I bet you felt so relieved. Instead of kind of putting the words in their mouth, ask them, how did that feel? Because hmm. then you get a much deeper and probably far more interesting response than just putting your assumptions on them. And I, I like this idea of taking curiosity into a conversation. So rather than assuming you know the answer or you know where it's going, just be curious about why they're telling you and what they're trying to explore, what they're trying to say. Yeah, I love this. I I need to do far more of this and make conversations less about me and more about learning. Yeah, and um, if someone disagrees with your point of view, don't shoot them down. Ask them why they think that way or where that opinion comes from and I had a conversation like this only a couple of weeks ago and I'd already started looking at this so it was quite at the forefront of my mind I was talking to someone who is anti-vaccinations and that's different than what I believe and I know it's one of those really hotly contested and emotional issues Mm. for people so instead of you know and not that I would normally say to someone oh my gosh you're an anti-vaxxer I don't want to talk to you I'd never do that but (laughs) instead of going oh yeah okay we disagree I go oh that's that's interesting so how did you come to that opinion and like do you find that it presents any issues for you with schooling or daycare and like instead of going here's my opinion this is what I do I was just like you getting curious and going oh yeah and how did you come to that and did your partner think the same or did you have to kind of talk it through when And it was a far more interesting conversation. And I guess it's probably Mm. the first time I've really deeply understood an anti-vaxxer's perspective because they, Mm. I just gave them the spotlight to explain their scenario. And I was like, yeah, you could, it it doesn't change my opinion. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's not like there was a risk to you of all of a sudden becoming an anti-vaxxer and going against your original value set and beliefs it didn't change you in any way apart from make you a better listener yeah (laughs) and help you learn yeah yeah. and to actually appreciate where people how people come to that point of view so and I think that's the thing we are so quick to disagree with someone shoot them down rather than going oh that's interesting why do you think that or where did that come from there's a guy called Bill Nye and he's got a quote that says everyone you ever meet knows something you don't Uh, So he encourages you to listen to people because you might just learn something. And I really like that. Yeah, that's very true too. Now, next one is one of my biggest flaws. This is the control freak in me, can't cope with this. Yes. And this is going with the flow. Um, If you have something to add to a conversation, but the moment has passed, don't drag the conversation back to it where it was five minutes ago to slide your point in. But, but, but. And I can't. <laughs> but then you don't get to say yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's so I can't, hard. I can't it's not. So I'm like, I need one of those little electric, like the impulse collars on my neck. So when I'm tempted <laughs> to slide the conversation back, it gives me a good shot. So it's just let it go, Tara. Just let it go. Um, yeah. I have memory of being acutely aware that the conversation is going past the point at which I got to have my contribution and thinking about, about the process of how do I actually get it back to that point where I can actually say my bit and I actually remember that in conversations it's a real it is a real struggle because yeah we all we all like to have our say we all like to be heard but we we need to control that a little bit it'll make us better listeners if we control that a bit yeah absolutely and also 
just letting the conversation go where it goes. Like, because I will, I find it particularly tough when I'm telling a story about something, um, say about my weekend. And then partway through the story, I say, oh, you know, and we pop to this new cafe and someone says, oh, what was that like? And you go down this whole line and it's like, I haven't even got to the good bit of my weekend that I was Mm -hmm. the whole reason I brought that up was to tell you about that. And now we've gone down the road of, oh, that cafe, yeah, it's good. Oh, yeah, but I think that other one's now struggling. And we go down this whole other tangent. And I'm like, come on, people, really back in. We were over here. You've gone on a tangent. Back to me. Come on, everyone, back to me. Let's focus on my story that I started 20 minutes ago that now we've got off track from. And it's like I have to almost physically restrain myself to go, Tara, it's okay, let it go. If it's that important, the conversation will come back around to that. And Mm. I'm trying to be better with other people that if I steer people off track then I go hang on before you were telling me about this and you didn't finish yeah. that oh so tough yeah because if if you're an interrupter like you and yep. I both are you do take people off track when they're trying to talk because you jump in with a question or an observation usually an observation usually a comparison or, <laughs> or a one-upping <laughs> or a story about a one-upping or a story about one's one's self and one's own opinion yeah, if we can we can do that. So be, being aware that that happens is is really considerate as well. One point that I think we kind of just gloss over in having conversations is to really listen. Now Stephen Covey, who he wrote a famous book, was he Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Yeah. Um, he says, most of us don't listen with the intent to understand. We listen with the intent to reply. Yep. Guilty. Yep. <laughs> I hear that. And I'm like, that's, that's me in a nutshell. I just listen because I'm and I listen enough to formulate my response <laughs> to whatever you're saying rather than actually hearing your entire story. Does that mean that you haven't heard anything that I've said this No, uh, that's why I re-listen to the podcast to actually get your point of view. <laughs> oh, dear. So, so the thing is, like, what if we're bored? Like, what if the person's droning on about something that doesn't interest us? How do we, how do we listen? Like, how do we actually enjoy listening to something that's not interesting? Do you have any tips um, on that? You can always ask them another question about part of what they're talking about so if that might interest you yeah yeah so still so again make it all about you (laughs) (laughs) well more you know so you're not necessarily taking the spotlight away but if someone's droning on about politics and you are like oh i'm not really interested in this you can say oh well were you always interested in politics or you know you know when you were younger like when you were at uni did you care about that kind of stuff and it might change the direction or it might do some I mean I don't don't know it's hard it's hard to be a good listener I think depending on your personality yeah yeah and it's hard for us (laughs) yep and it's hard for people that are like controlling stuff like me like (laughs) controlling a conversation and where it goes and also quite often I will think of especially gosh my friends must find my conversations so tedious because quite often I will think oh, when I talk to so-and-so, I've got to ask them this and this and this. And it's like, hey, how are you going? Now, first, da-da-da-da, like, it's not, it's not a job interview, but I've got 10 questions that I've been thinking of that I thought, should I text you? No, I'll wait till I see you. And 
my sister and I, my sister-in-law and I joke that we will write, we'll put notes in our phone because when we see each other, we always have the kids with us and there's madness and everything's interrupted. And um, so something had happened at her work at one point and she started telling me about it on the phone. And then, I don't know, one of her kids fell over and hurt themselves. She's like, oh, I've got to go. And I'm like, right. So I put it in my phone and go ask her about this story. So next time I see her, I go, right, remember that story you were telling me? And we will like have notes written down so that we don't forget to ask each other stuff. I'm like, this is what's happened to the art of conversation. I'm like, let me check my (laughs) phone for my points of reference. It's like an interview. Mm. But it does feel good when people talk. They, It feels good. It kind of strokes your ego. Um, Can't help but enjoy the attention, most of us, uh, and, you know, do a bit of self-promotion. So hmm. I think that's why we why we do it. And then studies have been done too into the feel-good chemicals that are released into your brain when you're doing the talking and they come out when you're doing the talking, not when you're doing the listening. Mm. That's why. Mm. Blame the chemicals. <laughs> so it's those, those darn endorphins. Yeah. Um, another reason why we find it quite hard to listen is um, – that we get distracted. So Celeste Headley, who is actually the person that did the TED talk, like I said, I will link that in the show notes if you want to watch. Um, She says that we can talk at 225 words per minute, but we can listen at 500 words per minute. So quite often when people are talking with us, they're talking at 225, but we're not fully engaged because we can take in everything that they're saying plus more. Yeah. So we kind of feel mm. the extra capacity with our own thoughts, which is quite often why we're formulating our reply, because we can kind of half listen yeah. and think about what we're going to say next all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So the problem with that is that when you're not listening properly, you miss some of the nuances about um, or in what people are saying. So you might miss their tone or their inflection or the tiny little comments that might kind of give you an indication that someone wants to share something more or that they were really hurt or that they were really excited. If you're kind of only half listening and half formulating your response, you might miss a few of those cues that normally if you were all in, you might go, oh, well, hang on. What, what did you mean by that? Tell me more. Or do you want to explain that more? You know? Yeah. I have a, a habit of, of vaguing out in conversation sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Part of that is the ADHD because my brain doesn't prioritise thought very well. And so uh, I'll be thinking and listening to the conversation, but then another thought will barge its way into my head uh, and then I'm off on a tangent and I vague out. And Sometimes I get I come back in before it's noticeable. <laughs> Other times um, the person will notice and they'll either be hurt or annoyed, <laughs> one of the two, and then I'll have to bring myself back in. But um, yeah, so you do, and you do miss a lot when you don't when you don't entirely engage. Yeah, for sure. So the idea of this whole podcast is to try and highlight a few little things that you can start paying attention to when you're having conversations because a really good conversation will help you feel more connected you feel more engaged with whoever you're talking to or listening to um, and potentially even inspired because you might learn something from someone Mm -hmm. so Celeste Headley says enter every conversation assuming you have something to learn and if we take that forward back we might even master the art of conversation we might and we might be able to have 
good conversations with people other than each other. <laughs> I don't notice like I don't notice your flaws because I have the same ones. Uh, when when you and I converse, we just talk over each other, and we're both quite used to it, and it's not a big deal. But when it's someone from a different personality, yeah, perhaps we need to pay more attention. So if you're anything like us and you have been massively triggered by this episode and wildly affronted by it, (laughs) you hopefully have learned something and um, feel free to come and join us in our Facebook community group to have a chat about it. And um, we will see you there. And if we don't see you there, we will see you here on the podcast next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.au.